today, I want to speak on something that I've titled Lose Control. Lose Control. Please turn to your neighbor and tell the person, Lose Control. Turn to another neighbor and tell the person, Lose Control. You know, one of the things that we don't like in life is losing control. We almost always want to be in control over the situations of life. And some of us, by virtue of our personality, when things get out of hand a little, we are in trouble. Our whole emotions and minds are upside down because we don't like to lose control. We don't like to not be in charge of affairs. And for someone like me who likes to plan and likes to strategize, one of the, the moments of my life that I felt so helpless and hopeless was when our first girl came. No, in fact, before our first girl came, when my wife was pregnant. Because then it shifts everything and, and you realize that you plan this way and then something happens with your wife and you have to all of a sudden change your schedule and you feel like, I am no longer in control. And when our, our daughter was born, I mean, everything shifted for me because this girl wakes up every one hour in the night. And, and I'm an early morning person. I'm an early bed. So if my night is disturbed, my morning is, is spoiled. And I felt like I was so out of control. When you're driving a car, you want to be in control. Because when you lose control, you feel like, that's the end of me. In life, we want to be in control. But in the kingdom of God, God has a different way he wants us to live. He wants to be in control. And because we are not used to submitting or surrendering our control, it becomes very difficult because we import the same mindset and attitude into the kingdom of God. So when God wants to be in control, it becomes so difficult to yield and surrender the thing that we are holding to God. And this morning, I'm trusting God that by the end of this message, you will learn to yield control to God. Shout a big amen. Amen. In our work with God, it's not smooth sailing. It's not always smooth sailing. How many of you have realized it's not always smooth sailing? That no matter how much you're believing God for something amazing, it's not always smooth sailing. And, and our confidence and our trust in life is on the basis of the assurance that you have that whatever you have your confidence in will not fail. So how many of you realize that you came to church this morning, you didn't check your seat, whether it will fall or not? How many, how many of you checked your seat? You, you just sat down, right? Why did you sit down? You sat down with the confidence that this chair will hold you. And the reason why you have that confidence that the chair will hold you is because you have not seen anyone in this church fall down by sitting on the chair. So already you have a foundation and a basis to believe that when you sit on the chair, it will hold you. But just assume that we came to church next Sunday and someone sat on one of these chairs and the person fell. What will happen? Immediately, immediately, you won't even wait for the next Sunday, but immediately some of you begin to check your chair whether or not the chair has the foundation to hold you. 
And the next Sunday when we come to church, some will have it consciously in their minds that, no, the way this person fell, it is very possible that I can also fall. So you begin to what? Check your chair. So what happens in life is that whenever we have trust in something, trust is broken when what we have always been expecting of that thing all of a sudden begins to shake. How many of you are getting it? I'm, I'm trying to get you somewhere. But, but in our work with God, you can get to a point where things might be out of control, but God says, I still want you to trust me. Sometimes you can be looking at another person's life and then the person is serving God so well, the person worships God so well, the person honors God so well, and yet you can see the opposite of blessing in the person's life. You're like, God, this is not what I signed up for. And all of a sudden, your trust begins to go down. Then that is why we introduce our plan B and plan C's with God. How many of you have ever had a plan B with God? Oh, I can see some angels here. They've never had a plan B. Now, how many of you have been praying and whilst you are praying and you are believing God for that breakthrough and that miracle, at the same time in your mind, you are like, if it doesn't work, this is my no, no, no. Can I have some witnesses here? Do, no, do I have some witnesses here? Like, like you are praying for, for the school fees. And you're trusting God for the school fees. And, and it is the last minute and you are believing God. Because Pastor Yuma said, God is the God of the last minute. You are believing God for the last minute. Breakthrough. But at the same time, once you are praying like this God, I'm praying, I'm trusting him. But in case he doesn't, Okay, I think I'll call Jerry. Or I'll call... The, how many of you have had? Yeah, yeah. So you have a plan B and a plan C. And, and the introduction of a plan B and a plan C is an indication that the trust is not full. So let's look at what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 to 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. This is one of the scriptures that is commonly known. I mean, a lot of us hear of this scripture, trust in the Lord. You can say it very easily. But, but the question is, how many of us really understand what this passage is talking about? This is a passage, I mean, that is situated in a chapter, Proverbs chapter 3. And Proverbs chapter 3 actually tells us the distinction between following the ways of God and following your own ways. The benefits of following God and then the demerits of not following God. And in, in this verse 5 to 6, Solomon is telling his son that trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your path. So the passage is broken into two parts. The first part shows us certain things that we are supposed to do as far as our work with God is concerned. That's the first part of the passage. The second part of the passage is telling us what God will do for us when we do what he expects us to do. 
And can I tell you, people of God, that in our work with God, there is nothing like an automatic occurrence. Every single thing God wants to do in your life is hinged on something he wants you to do. Even your salvation was hinged on the fact that you have to believe and confess him. So let's look at what God wants us to do. Solomon gives us three powerful statements. The first statement is trust in the Lord with all your heart. The word heart that is used here is, is from a Hebrew word that means the central part of your being. Where all your life's contemplations and all your life's decisions are made. So your heart is actually the central part of your life. Where you, you think about life. Where you think about, about your future. Where you think about your plans. Where you think about where I'm going. It is Your heart refers to when you go and lie in your bed and you begin to think about what is going to happen tomorrow. Uh, that, that's your heart. Your heart refers to when, when, you, when you lie down and then you are thinking about that girl that has charmed you so much or that boy that has charmed you so much. That is your heart. It is a central place where the issues of life take place. That is why this same Solomon said, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it proceeds the issues of what? Of life. So your heart refers to the place where everything is generated. So when I look at your life now, it is a reflection of what is going on in your heart. When I look at your decisions, your, your choices, your words, your, the way you behave, the way you act, it is a reflection of what is in where? Your heart. Now, Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And the word trust means to be confident, to be sure, to be careless. That's what the Hebrew word says. To be what? Careless. Now, when we talk about being confident, being sure, being careless, it means that you have such an assurance and persuasion that you don't care about the opposite result. Now, when I tell you be careful, be careful means what? Be cautious. It means that you are not too sure, so be cautious. But when we talk about being careless, when we say careless, 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 I, I, it means I don't care. So the word trust means that you care less about what will happen because your assurance and your confidence is solid and you are so persuaded about something. And it brings me to an example of my little girl now. Oh man, that girl has energy. I don't know whether she's a gymnast or an acrobat. I, I keep on asking her, why are you going to do acrobatics or gymnastics? But Nana likes to climb. She, anything, I mean, likes to climb, climb windows, chairs, everything. And, and when you give them, when you give Nana the space to climb, she doesn't care about height or about anything that is, because in her mind, I trust whatever I am holding and whatever I am climbing in her mind, I will not fall. No, in her mind, like, there's nothing like fall. All I need to do is to keep on going. That is, that is trust. For her, whilst I am saying, now be careful, I turn my eyes and she is doing it again. Because she has a high level of trust. And so she is careless. Because she, in her mind, is like, I can do it. I can jump. I'm, I'm climbing this chair. She's climbing this chair and you can see as a father that if she loses a little balance, she will go down with the chair. But 
But for her, no, this, this is a support system. It's strong enough to take me. And so she's careless. I tell her, be careful, but she doesn't mind. And she keeps on going with it. And, and, and when, when, when Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, that's actually what he's trying to tell us. He's trying to tell us that you have to be at the place with God where you are not afraid, where you are not scared, where you are not worried about what is going to happen because you have absolute confidence in God. And I tell her that, do you know there's a law called gravity? <laughs> gravity says that whoever you are, you will fall if you are hanging and there is no support for you. But she doesn't know the law of gravity because she believes that whatever she's hanging on. And God wants us to come to it. You see, you can't trust God if you don't defy natural laws. You can't trust God if your mind is constantly working, and I'm not saying put your mind to sleep, we need our minds. But if you are always in the logical zone, you can't trust God because logic will tell you that A plus B plus C would end you in this. But trusting God will tell you that D plus E plus F will end you in that. The word trust also means holding on to something or someone by clinging or confining. The, the word trust means you cling to someone else for support or safety. Again, let me come back to my dear now. So I can be sitting in the, in the sofa and then this girl will come from behind and come and jump on my shoulder and then she, she won't stay there. She's doing, I don't know, I can't even explain what, what it is. But turn it upside down. Now you will fall. I'm not holding you. But, but for her, she's holding on to me Knowing that no matter what happens, even if she's about to fall, I am a safety system and a support system for her. So even if she's about to fall, I can grab her. So she clings. And, 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 and Solomon is telling his son that, look, I have gone through life. I have seen the experiences of life. And there's one thing I can tell you, that you have to be at a place where you can cling to the Lord and hold on to the Lord, knowing that even if you are falling, the hand of the Lord will lift you up and hold you. Sometimes it is so difficult when God says, jump. And you know that whilst I am going to jump, there's a hollow space there. God says, jump. But before God ever says, jump, his hand is there to hold you. So trusting in the Lord means you are clinging to the Lord because you know he's your place of support and he's your place of safety that you lean on him with the knowledge that with God you are secure, you are safe, and you are sound. And, and, and you see, as you walk through life, God is going to sometimes tell you some things that are absurd. Quit your job. It, it, it won't make any sense. Quit your job. God, what's the alternative job? Quit the job. Go to school. The school fees is costing $10,000. God, I don't even have 500 cities to take care of my daily needs. And God says, go to school. The fees is $10,000. God, I think maybe you don't understand. It is $10,000. God says, go. Apply. And it doesn't make any sense, but 
you have to learn to take the step because when you take the step it is it is an indication that you trust God that even though you don't know the certainty of the future you can walk into that future because God said it and God said come and I've had a number of these occurrences in my life where God has said do this it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense and, and I said God you, you really want me to do this yes do it jump into it I remember at the time that I was going to do my master's, I think I've said it before, that, that I was going to do my master's and, and now was born. Um, sorry, Aaron was born at that time. And Vicky was at work. And the kind of master's I was going to do required every day, 8 o'clock to 5 p.m. It was a theological course. And on top of that, the school only accepted people from their church. So no outsider. And I don't belong to the church. God said, I want you to go. I applied. Can you believe in that same year that I applied, when one, I didn't have the money because we had spent a lot of money on surgery. Two, I had a newborn baby to take care of. Three, I was a full-time worker. God said apply. When I applied, that same year, they opened it up to non-church non, uh, members, outsiders. That same year when I applied, I was able to go to the school and have my full day and still maintain my work at the headquarters. That same year, they changed our course from a postgraduate certificate to a full master's course. And guess what? They gave us full scholarship. And by the completion of that program, I now gained the opportunity to lecture in the same institution. Does it make sense? No, it didn't make sense at the time God said, go. But when God says, go, it means he has gone ahead of you and he only wants you to take the step in trusting him. Today, I pray that whatever God is laying on your heart or whatever God is prompting you to do, that you will trust him, that you will move with him. Trusting in the Lord means that you are fully persuaded and confident that Jehovah, the self-existent, eternal God, the covenant-keeping God, will never fail you. So you cling to him with every part of your being, not a part. Every part, not just, not just a part, every part of your being. It's very, very difficult to, it's not easy. It's not easy to trust the Lord with all your heart. But look at something. Paul says something very confidently in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. He says, For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. This is what Paul is saying. He says, I know whom I have what? Believed, and I am fully persuaded. I know whom I believe and I am persuaded. This should be our statement. I know whom I believe and I am what? I am persuaded. Sometimes people might question you and ask, why is that you are still trusting in God? This God doesn't look like he's going to do anything. I don't even know what is happening with your life. You've got to tell them that I know whom I believe and I am persuaded. You've got to tell them I know whom I believe and I'm what? And I am persuaded. I am convinced that this God never fails. 
I know some of you, whilst I'm preaching, like, uh, Pastor, you are saying it too, but uh, the reality, the reality is that God never fails. No, the, the reality is that God would allow you to go through trials. The reality is that God will allow you to go through hard times. The reality is that God will allow you to go through your wilderness period. But the other reality is that he says that wherever you are, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He will always be with you there. So you have to believe him and you have to what? Trust him. So, so Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Some of us have divided our hearts. A person trusts in God, another person trusts in a man. And the big question is that the man that you are trusting in has the same breath that you have. Can also expire like you can expire. Can be disappointed like you are disappointed. Can lose their business like you, you, you can lose your business. Anyone at all, it can happen. So, Solomon says, you have to have an undivided heart. Every part of you must trust in God. The statement he makes is that, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Now, the word understanding means your intelligence, your skills, your, your ideas, your planning. And some of us are very good at planning. We are, we are good strategists. We have great ideas. We have great skills. We have great intellect. When you think people are like, ah, well, how did you think? You are really intelligent. He says, don't lean on this. Because this one can fail you. Uh, now, how many of you haven't planned before and then the plans went haywire? No, how many of you haven't gone to the exam soon with all your intelligence and you sat before the paper and you were blank? No, no, no. How many of you have faced that before? Yeah. Like you knew everything. You were very confident. You went into the exam room. You sat there. It's like, what am I seeing? No, no it, it can fail. No, I have seen it over and over. I, I've seen, my, my wife is a very intelligent, very, very intelligent, very, very, very intelligent girl. You know, there are some people God gives the brain, some people God gives the might, some people God gives the beauty, whichever one. You know, and, and, and she was, I mean, first class student, and she was doing a master's, and one of the courses, a course that she can easily pass. At that time, we were not married. I went to campus, she couldn't study. I mean, very, very brainy girl. She couldn't study, she couldn't read, she couldn't do anything, she couldn't, she was blanked out. I encouraged her. Then I was going out of the campus. Because me, I had finished school. I wasn't there. And then the reminder prompted me, go back. So I went back and I said, let's pray. And when I prayed with her, all of a sudden, something just fell off her. The same person who could not study immediately went back. She could study everything, went and wrote the exams and got an A in the paper. Do you know, so, so when Solomon is saying that, do not lean on your own understanding. He's saying that there can come a time that your own, whatever you possess, can fail. And you can't even understand why it is failing, but it's failing. It's failing. Your plans are failing. Your strategies are failing. Because you can plan today and COVID will not tell you it's coming tomorrow and it comes tomorrow and it crushes every plan. Because you see, the thing about our plans and our intellect and our skills is that they are subject to the conditions 
it's on this earth. So the moment conditions change, it can always alter that which you have already put in place. So it says, do not lean on your own understanding. Yes, it's good to plan. Plan. I like something that our senior pastor always says. He says, live your life like Jesus is coming the next second. But plan your life like he's coming the next 20 years. So, so plan, strategize, work hard, do everything, acquire the skills, acquire the qualifications, do everything, but don't lean on it. Then, whilst I, was, whilst I was running through my message, I remember something that happened yesterday. Can you see this, this big woman? Please get her. Can you see? She's not big. She's, she's nice. Please sit down. No, baby, you can sit down. Yesterday, we were having rehearsal and she came to hold this. And she was leaning on it. I, I'm sure she was so tired, she couldn't even realize what she was holding. But, but how many of you know that this thing, with a little pressure, can go down? So she was leaning, and all of a sudden, we said, hey, be careful, oh, because you and this can go down. But how many of you realize that if I'm leaning on this wall, like, how many of you will be concerned if I, I mean, like, this thing will fall? Why? Because you know this is solid. It can fall. But if I go leaning on this, a lot of you will start praying in tongues. <laughs> Father, please save our pastor. We don't know what, we don't know what he's about. We, we, we pray that you will save him. So now, when he says lean not on your own understanding, he's comparing this which is very solid to that which looks solid but can easily fall under the least pressure. And he says that your understanding is like this. Yes, it, it is good. It, it, it looks firm on the outside, but it is subject to fail. And, and when you lean on it, one day it can give up on you. How many of you have realized that someone can be so prepared? We had a guy in school. Look, when we talk about the, the, the brain is like he's on top. He was our national science and math quiz, like top. If he's not there, the squad is like, like he's top, 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 top. The guy was a serious, he was brainy, but he was also studious. They were going to write an exam. A science, he was our senior, science exam. And he was the, he was the best in chemistry. The whole of Presec and the whole of whatever. Chemistry, you can't, you can't be the guy. And they were going to write that chem paper. And the guy studied in the night. He said he was sleeping for two hours. His, his roommate should wake him up. Then the roommate too, I think, for whatever reason, forgot and did not wake him up. At the time the guy woke up, the paper was already written. With, with, with all the knowledge, with all the intelligence, and he has studied, like he had studied. And you know this guy, when he gets into the exam, like no one, you know those students, when they get there, like there's no doubt this guy is passing. Him, he missed the paper. The guy forgot. So, he had planned, I'm studying to this time, I will sleep for two hours, wake me up, and then I would go to the exam room and do it again. And yet, he couldn't even get the opportunity to be in the exams room. See, life is so frail. And life is so volatile that if you lean on your own understanding, you'll be in big trouble. And sometimes I hear people say, my might has got me this. I am a self-made man. I am a... No one is ever self-made. Oh. 
Can I tell you three reasons why you are not self-made? You did not form yourself in your womb. You did not give birth to yourself. When you were giving birth to, who wiped you? No, did you wipe yourself? When you were growing up, who took you to school? Did you take yourself to school? Did you pay your own school fees? Did you walk yourself to school? That alone to tell you you are not self-made. That you needed to lean on another person to be able to rise to where you are. And so when he says lean not on your own understanding, lean not on your own understanding. It's as simple as that. Do not lean on your own understanding. So, so I work everything out. I plan and everything. I say, Lord, even though I have done this, because it says many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's only the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. <laughs> yeah. It's only the counsel of the Lord. And, and I'm going to, it's going to take me to the third point because that actually helps us to do something very important if we are not going to lean on our own understanding. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And your ways in life refers to your journeys in life. It, it, it talks about your journeys in life. It talks about the path you take in life. It talks about the course of your life. It talks about your endeavors. So he's saying that in all your ways, acknowledge him. In everything that you do, you have to acknowledge God. Because your own understanding can fail. So you've got to now what acknowledge God and introduce him into the picture for whatever decision that you're going to take. Sometimes you're going to make an investment decision and, and like, this looks so good. Go and ask the men's goal people. This looks so good. But because you did not ask God, who could see two years ahead and see that it will fold up? You jumped and put your money in. Then the next time you are at all night praying, Father, I release the money. And God said, I was right here telling you that do not go into it. You know, there are a lot of prayers we pray God is not answering. Because the time he wanted you to listen, and God will not do by prayer what he expects of obedience. Can I repeat that? God will not do by prayer what he expects of what? Obedience. So you, you don't do it and then now you are coming back to God. God, help me. Oh God, God, I want you to. And then you are wearing pastors and you are praying in the night and God said, you are wasting your time because all along I was telling you what you needed to do but you did not listen. The only thing that is keeping us is the mercy of God because that one speaks on our behalf when God says, let me just have a little mercy on you. He says that, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And the word acknowledge in the Hebrew is a very interesting word because it's the word yada. That word yada means to know. It actually means to have intimacy with someone. But, so I'm trying to understand how God, how, how is the acknowledging you in all my ways have to do with intimacy? <laughs> that word um, yada means that, that you have an intimate relationship with another person. It means to perceive or to find out or to discern or to see. It, it also means to recognize. So when he says in all your ways acknowledge him, this is what he's trying to say. He's saying that you have to build intimacy with God so that you can know his ways concerning your life's journey. He's saying that God has an opinion concerning everything you are supposed to do in life. So you need to know God's opinion, but the only way you can know God's opinion about what you are doing in life is when you are close to God in intimacy. So he says, in all your ways, so baby, the next contract you are going for, God has an opinion concerning it. All your ways means what? 
Oh, please. All your ways means what? Not, not some. Not some. Because, you know, today in Christianity, we do choose and pick. God, as for this area of my life, you can come there. Uh, this one, I think you can come there. This one, Lord, I will handle it myself. I'm going to handle it myself. And, and God, as for this one, let's share the control. God, this guy is so charming. So this one, I, I don't want to find out your opinion. You, you know what? I know you have a good opinion, but this one, God, it is, it is me. Yeah, it is me, God. I, I, I like this guy. God, this lady, oh, when I see her, my heart is melted. God, 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 so this one, you let me handle it. The funny thing is that it is only God who sees the heart. And it's only God who sees the future. So, you are not asking him his opinion about the matter. You have handled it yourself. And do you know what? The, the, the interesting is that God is ahead here. And you are here. And he sees everything that is there. So, he says that, no, if you make this choice, by the time you get there, you'll be broken. So, make this choice. It doesn't look like the likely choice. So, by the time you get there, you will flourish. This one doesn't look appealing. This one looks appealing. God, you for now, let's choose this one. Then, because God is already in the future and he sees everything, he already knows the outcome because he knows that by this choice, this is the outcome. So God is sitting there. And then you are walking in life. You are walking in life. And, and, and from here to here looks nice. Sometimes some of the wrong choices you make in life, they don't bring the consequences immediately. No, 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 no. It's, it's nice. Yeah. Can't you see my husband? He just bought a car for me. I love him so much. Oh, come on. He just bought a house. It's so beautiful. Oh, look at me. We, we went to Dubai last year. And, and this year we're going to Dubai. But God, God can see here that that same husband is beating you and breaking you and brutalizing you. Because what is in the heart is about to show up. Then you step here and then you begin to see the signs. Oh, Father, please. Lord, please help me. Lord, please help me. And you get here and then it is terrible because you did not acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. And people of God, can I tell you this? I've been a pastor for some few years and I can say this confidently on any stage, any platform, any time, any day without changing. That look, we always say this, that if you don't acknowledge God, one day it will tell. No, sometimes we say it and it's like, oh, you people have been too spiritual. You, you have to calculate the thing and, 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 and work it out and do this. And Look, can I tell you something? I have lived a life where I've acknowledged God. And I've lived a life where I've not acknowledged God. And I can tell you that there are two different things. Unless God's mercy speaks on your behalf, the wahala you will go through before you come back again to that point. And some people do not experience that. So by the time they finish, they've lost their mind. There was, there was this one lady that she was marrying and she was marrying this guy because the guy looks handsome and she wants her babies to look handsome. Nice beautiful and fresh can you imagine like look no that you, you, you are laughing but these are the crazy things out there i mean this especially in this age where people's lives are ruled by telling novellas rather than by the word of god 
All forms of crazy reasons why people do what they do. Fast forward one year. One year. She wants out. Because this handsome guy is handsome on the outside. But he's a beast in the inside. He's beating her. Butchering her. He says, I can't take this. God would have been speaking all along. Whilst you're going for that handsome guy. And he says, this one. It fickles. It fades. It fades. It, it can easily go away. Because I see beyond what you see. So he says that in all your ways, that, that course that you are going to do, in all your ways, acknowledge him. That, that job that you are going for, in all your ways, acknowledge him. That whatever you are pursuing in life, acknowledge him. I was, telling, I was telling Vicky something that worries me and we are on a time bomb. Do you know the time bomb we are on in Ghana? The time bomb is that we are moving to a, a middle class society very soon to a high class society. And what is happening is that when I see Andrew has taken his children to social and social school, because of class and association, I also want to take my children to social and so the same school. And, and forgetting that God wants to order and lead my steps and lead my children. So I get my children there because I did not ask of God. They get into the wrong environment with the wrong influence. And by the time I realize, I am now beginning to reap a certain result I never anticipated. I know personally of a number of people who have taken their children outside the country for education because their friends also took their children outside the country for education and now they've lost their children. They lost their children because it is not about what everyone else is doing. It is about what God is leading me to do. Because what God is expecting of me is not the same as what he's expecting of me. I have to seek his face and know what he expects and desires of me. So, Vicky and I, we have come to a place we are not moved by people's pressure. We are moving with God at our own pace. Because it's the end that tells. <laughs> no, no. How, how, it's the end that tells. It's the end. I, I, I'm telling you, I have friends who are moving their children out of the schools that they took them into because, you see, you don't seek the face of God. You get the child there, you realize that, hey, this is a dangerous space for me. I know people who are in jobs that right now they want to get out of the job. Not that the job is not well paying. No. It is well paying. But it is a very toxic environment. And it's because we don't ask God. I know people, if today God said one prayer topic, I will answer it immediately. Their prayer will be, God, kill my husband. <laughs> God, 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 kill my wife. Because I, I can't kill my husband. <laughs> I, can't kill, I can't kill my wife. So, God, you, you because it says, Till death do us part. So Lord, kill him. I know people who have, I mean, people who have gone into contracts. There was this young guy. I always used to tell him that, look, you, you are always eager to, like, I want to make it. I want to make it. And there's nothing wrong with making it. And you go for this contract, then you'll be in. That told me, like, be careful. Recently, he's gone into a contract that has messed up his life. He, the death on his head. Because we don't ask God. He says in all your ways, recognize that God also has a view. He also has an opinion. He also has a will. And so God, what is it that you want to say about what I am doing? 
Sometimes it might not look nice. Like, like for instance, baby, can I tell you one of the offers I turned down? If I hadn't turned that offer down today, I only be here. The testimonies you have been saying, Pastor Ima, you have been a blessing to my life. You never have experienced it. Because I'll be traveling all over the world, but I'll not be doing this. There was a time that I was serving at the headquarters and I felt so frustrated and I felt like I wanted to give up. I just, I just wanted a new opportunity. I said, maybe God wants me to be out of church environment. Maybe I need to apply. So I started applying for jobs and I called one big, very, very big man in this country and I told him that I need a job. He says, oh, work out something. Then, <laughs> then around that time, I felt I should go for a retreat. So I went for a retreat and I spent time with God and God showed me why I was feeling what I was feeling. It had nothing to do with changing the job. God wanted me to do something. Just when I had finished the retreat and I came back to the office, I received a call from the man's wife. Pastor Ima, we've got a job for you. There's a company that is establishing in Ghana and they want a country manager. Country manager. Do you know what country manager is? Country manager. Means you'll be representing a country. You'll be going for the meetings, wherever they have the meetings, on behalf of the country. You'll be setting up the office here. You'll be in charge of whatever operations are there here. And, and Pastor Iman, so if you want it. That was the hardest no in my life. <laughs> I paused for a moment on the phone. I was going to say, Yes, and the Holy Spirit said no. And I said, oh, please, I've already settled the job matter. Case closed. Like by now. You see my Range Rover? You see my houses? You see my cars? But God sees ahead. For all you know, if I had taken that offer, it's not even just about pastoring you. Possibly I might have lost my family. Because I'll be all over the place. Some nothing nyati girl will meet me somewhere. <laughs> and before you realize, Vicky is in, is in prayer warrior mood. Pray. No, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, and I don't want to know what it is. All I want to know is that at that time God led me and God said no. And I said no. And I had peace in my heart. And I thank God for the wife I married because when I told her I said no, she said, I believe that God spoke to you. It's as simple as that. Because another hour I said, You better go and call them <laughs> and tell them that look, I'm coming for the job. But you know, the beautiful thing about acknowledging God in all your ways is that whatever God is going to do with you is far greater than what you are losing for the sake of obedience to him. Yeah, whatever God is going to do with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if nothing at all, I am very grateful to God that I have this beautiful church to pastor. No, no, if nothing at all, I am very grateful to God that there are lives that have been impacted. People whose, whose lives would not have been where it is now if not for this obedience. And I am glad. So when we talk about sacrifice, you are not the only one that has sacrificed. We have sacrificed before. 
in all your ways, what? Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Because as we're traveling, soon I'll be traveling. Ah, you people. I'll only be telling that, please, my Sunday, don't touch my Sunday. My Sundays, I want to be with my church. But I'll be traveling, speaking all over the world. Preaching all over the world. And, and someone will be standing somewhere and jealousing me and envying me, but does not know that there was a price that was paid. That in all your ways, acknowledge him. Would I say that when I, when I turned the note down, everything went well? No! And God does not assure us that when you follow his path, everything will go well. But it takes us to the final thing. He says, he shall direct your path. That's what God is going to do for you. He shall what? Direct your path. Path and and the and the Hebrew it means that he will make your path straight, he will make your path even, he will make your path right, he will make your path pleasant, he will make your path prosperous. What it means is that although life is not straightforward, and you and I know that life is not straightforward, it's full of curves and bends. But God says that he will make your path straight. Do you know what it means? It means that even though life is bringing you curves and bends, because of the experience that God is giving to you and the way he's ordering your steps, the curves and bends look like a straight path. Now, have you realized, okay, so if, if you drive, then you would understand this. If you drive and you drive uh, bone shaker, a car that is rickety, and you pass on potholes and rough roads, you realize that you are in a bonjika. But if you drive a four-wheel that has all the shocks intact, and you pass on that same road, the experiences are different. One is elevated. One is cushioned. The other is telling you that you are really on a rough road. That's how politicians pass on the road. And they don't. I mean, we, we, are, we are all in Ghana, but we are all not the same. No, we all drive on the same road, but our experiences on that, same, on that same road are not the same. Because what that politician finds himself in is not the same car that you find yourself in. And so, you are sitting in the trotter, and the, the trotter driver too is not patient. Bang, 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 bang. Trotter driver, obinimo. Bang, 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 bang. They are still going. <laughs> But another person has their, their Range Rover or whatever four-wheel and then passes on that thing and the experience are different. Do you know what God is saying? He's saying that when he's directing your path in life, this is what it means. It means that although you and I are still going through the fire and we are still going through the water and we are still going through our wilderness period and we are still going through a difficult moment because he's leading us and directing us, our experience is different from another person who is also going through the same thing. The experiences are different. He says he'll make your way prosperous. And that does not mean that prosperity goes beyond material riches. Prosperity means you have peace. The other day I was listening to one great man and then he was like, those days when he used to work. He used to work in the cantonment area and then when he's working, his leg will hit something in the night around 9pm. His leg will hit something and then it will make noise. And he says that the security man who was in front of that big house will be fast asleep. But immediately his leg hits the thing. The owner of the house, you all, all of a sudden see the lights have come on and then the owner is shouting, who is there? Who is there? And he said, 
Look at the security man who does not have any. He is employed to guard the place. He is fast asleep. Peace. The owner who has employed the security man is awake. And who is there? Who is there? Two different people. One has peace of mind. The other... Can I tell you, people of God, the way we judge things in life is not the same way God judges things. And what you see on the outside is not always what it is. So stop the prayer point that God, you have blessed A and you have not blessed me. Because what you consider as a blessing is not actually a blessing. If the person told you the debt that they have to maintain the life that they have, you would have said, God, I thank you for where I am. Lead me in the path that you set for me. It's not all that you see that it is. By human beings, we judge from the outside. Sometime ago, Vicky and I, we, we know sometimes we laugh about a lot of things. During the COVID period, we were, I mean, we sacrificed our allowance. Vicky was not working. I sacrificed my allowance because I wanted people to be taken care of. And then one particular day, we were in the house and we had some gari and then we had some, some pepper, some miserable pepper and then some, something I'd forgotten. But we're sitting down and we're eating and we're joyfully eating it and then we're watching something lockdown lockdown we're eating and we're watching something we're laughing and we're like ah, look at what we are eating and we are so like relaxed and cool and having the best time of our lives but do you know that at that same time someone will be at maybe Kempeski or Holiday Inn And eating all that they, their heart desire can eat. But from that place, they know what they are going into. They know it's not peace. They know it's not prosperity. Sometimes when I hear some of the things that some of the young ladies are doing in order to get something, I said, this is not peace. This is not prosperity. This is not something that God has intended for us. This is not it. So he says he will direct your path. He will lead you. And, and, and you know when he's directing your path, this is the scripture that makes your path straight. He says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Do you know what he's saying? He says that everything is coming together for your good. Oh, the good, the bad, and the ugly are coming together for your good. If only you allow the Lord to direct your path. Everything will work together for your good. Oh, no, no, I'm telling you. Look, this scripture which says that I've seen, I've been young and I'm old and I've, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed back for bread. It's a very, very, very true statement. And I keep on saying this with my father. Like, I know where we came from. I know the struggles they went through. I know what we have gone through with them. And now I see them and they are so relaxed in their home. And we look at the house and every time you go and there's something you're like, hey, we call him the, rich, the richest man in Babylon. 
And, but you know, other people are doing everything to get that, like fighting, uh, corruption, killing. But someone who he has peace of mind and and is and and it's just the resources are just coming and he, he's just and it has nothing to do with church. Like the resources are far away from church. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. No, he seek seed beg for bread. In the interim, it might be hard. In the interim, it might be difficult. In the interim, you might be going through your wilderness. But there's always a promised land after the wilderness. When God directs your path and when God leads you, the end is always beautiful. Oh, yeah. You of God, I'm telling you, it's always beautiful. The things that people will fight for, contracts that people will fight for, you'll be there and they'll call you without struggle, without sweat. In this time, in this, in this time, he makes all things beautiful. When God is directing you, see the thing about God directing you is that God will not rush his timetable because of your need, because of your cry, because of your sorrow. God has his timetable and when he leads, he will lead it in a way that when you get into the time and the season of the thing, it blossoms and it becomes beautiful. I know some of you have been crying. I don't know who this message is for, but some of you have been crying and asking God, God, how long? When will it come? And God says, wait. Just trust in me with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me. And he says, I will direct your path. And when he directs your path, it will become beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, it will become beautiful. You become the envy of the town. People will be looking at you and say, hey, we didn't know. Now you know. The one that was despised all of a sudden becomes the celebrated one. We didn't know. God is about to do a new thing. There's a word for someone. God is about to do a new thing in your life. If only you can lean on him and if only you can trust in him. So let me ask you these questions. Wouldn't you prefer having a life that is directed by God into joy than a life that is directed by yourself into all kinds of mess? Wouldn't you prefer walking into each day with so much confidence and certainty that come what may, you will have the upper hand in life. Wouldn't you prefer a less stressful life being led by God rather than a very stressful life full of thinkings, worries, and anxieties? And have you realized that when you are chasing after the things by yourself, you never get satisfied? You get it and you ask yourself, is that all? What's next? What's next? No, no, that's that's the question. So if it is not God leading you and guiding you and directing you, you have only emptiness. And that is why there are a lot of people who have fame. They have fortune. They have wealth. They have influence. But there is emptiness. And they are depressed. Pray that that will not be your portion in life. Let the Lord lead you. Let the Lord guide you.
Let the Lord direct you. Every day when you wake up, tell the Lord, lead me. Order my steps. Direct me. Guide me into the right places. Into the right spaces. So that my path will become straight. In Jesus' name. One reason why I'm so confident that this church will be very established is because we are allowing God to lead us. That's why some of the things that come to us, they come to us so, like, they come to us without sweat and struggle. When God does it, he does it, he does it without sweat and struggle. The other, I, I walked into the church, was it yesterday, after the rehearsal or so, I was like, God, you have been so good to us, oh. Like, how many churches at our age, four years, have the things that we have? But one thing I realized is that if you allow God to direct your path, no matter the challenges that come, no matter the things that happen, he leads you, he leads you, he leads you. I come to emphasize, he leads you. And he gets you where he wants you to be. I am a living testimony of this. I prayed before choosing my wife. God led me to the right woman. She's not a perfect woman. But I can tell you, the support, you have no idea. We prayed before taking our girl to the school that we took her to. And I called the madam last week and I told her that this is one of the best decisions we made in life. That God will lead you. That God will guide you. That God will direct you. That God will order your steps. In Jesus name. Lift up your voice and tell the Lord. The Lord lead me.